Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And beep, beep, honk, 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 honk. We are taking you on a scooter trip throughout Europe. That's right, baby. It's 1964. You got stockings on. You got your hair pressed. You got hose. You're prost in a beer. You have never <laughs> been on a motorbike, but you're like, fuck it. I'm going to get on it and take it through Europe. Wow. Today's guest is the ultimate feminist. She just decided she was going to do this motor scooter thing with no experience. This bitch just hopped on her motor scooter and decided she was going to figure it out. Just day of. <laughs> I love that about her. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like if she had a nickname, I would call her the Rape Dodger because truly masterful work going through Europe alone and just <laughs> somehow managing to stay safe despite all the obvious danger. She truly dodged so many rapes. Okay, so here's the deal, you guys. Joan Four is an, I believe, an 84-year-old woman. She might be 85 now. But she wrote a book called My Heart's Journey, Chasing Love Through Europe on a Motor Scooter, a Memoir. Of course, when we got the email, we had to interview her because, duh. And the interview really lived up to all my greatest expectations. Joan is a badass and a sweetheart. And I loved reliving her experience <laughs> through her book. It was amazing. Yeah, and she's an army nurse. Like, she is, I mean, to borrow a phrase from the children's, she is goals. And it was really inspiring to read her book and then get to talk to her and listen to just the incredible adventures that she undertook. So she's basically an independent lady back in the 60s. There's a guy who wants to marry her and she's like, I don't know, babe, let me figure it out. <laughs> she goes to meet this guy's family, Paco's family in Spain and you know, the vacation of a life happens. Her great European vacation ensues. So it is such an awesome book, and it made me want to buy a copy and send it to my grandma. <laughs> and I freaking love Joan. She is, as Sophia said, totally goals. She is an OG of what we're doing with this whole podcast thing. Like, she went to so many different countries on her adventure, and so much of it was just her saying yes and going for it. And she wound up with some incredible experiences that she's still thinking about fucking 60 years later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And definitely, I think she is kind of the phrase 
carpe diem encapsulated in one person because yeah. she sees like she sees the hell out of every day in that book and that's incredible. You guys are going to freaking love Joan, so we'll just shut up and and you can meet her now. Here we go. Joan, we are so excited to have you on Private Parts Unknown. We have been fangirling out over your book, My Heart's Journey. Loved reading this. Such a good read. Thank you. And we do feel like you are our fairy godmother without ever meeting us because (laughs) your book is about traveling on a motorbike in 1962 through Europe. and 64. 64, my bad. by yourself and having adventures that are incredible. And we, no motorbike, but we also travel around (laughs) having adventures. And it was just so thrilling to read about you, like the bravery. Joan, you're such a badass. We feel so kindred (laughs) with you. And yeah, I mean, first of all, all of our listeners should just get a copy because it's a super fun read and you'll just feel like you're on the trip with Joan. I definitely did. But let's, so this was a pandemic project, right? Writing this book. Yeah, I was bored. (laughs) And I rooted out my old diary of the trip and I started reading the diary and I thought, well, I'll write this up and maybe it will cheer some people up that are stuck in their homes and having a mundane existence. It definitely did that. Well, you'd crushed it. You did a great job. (laughs) I put it together in eight months. I slapped it together and made a cover and got it out there. I have to say your record keeping of the time is like pristine. It's so good. There's all these the photos, photos great oh, yeah. photos and receipts and things like that. <laughs> Even some of the guys that you'd be like, I don't know, he was kind of creepy. And then it'd be like a picture of him would be like in the next set of pictures. I'd be like, yes, burn, Joan, get him. Right. <laughs> well, you know what? I wish I had more pictures. A lot of them, you know, were on eight millimeter brownie film. And, you you know, I tried to uh, have a photographer reproduce them, but he said, that film is too small. I can't get it up. I I just can't get it. Wow. So I had what I had and a little satchel. And I, when I came back from my trip, I threw all the old memorabilia and, and my diary in an old satchel. And it was in my closet for 50 years. Wow. That's incredible. I rooted it out and I started reading it and I got a kick out of it. It was fun. So no spoilers, but total spoiler. Uh, (laughs) What happened with Paco? Oh, Paco. You know, (laughs) after I traveled five months and realized that I, I could marry him. Yes, I would return home and marry him. And guess what? I got home and he was already married. No. I've been hanging out with your mom and your sister, your whole family. I've been running around telling people, everyone in Europe, I'm engaged. (laughs) I brought shoes back that were extremely cumbersome to have on my motor scooter. I brought those (laughs) shoes from your family back to you. Exactly. To you and your wife? (laughs) Well, of course, I didn't meet her. (laughs) <laughs> but um, 
you know, he was so nervous when he came up to see me and I said, I have your shoes and I have movies of your family. And I was so excited and, oh, I can't stay. I can't stay. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I knew there was something wrong. And, he, and then finally he owned up to it. And he said, well, well, I met somebody. I met this fantastic woman. She's a movie star. She lives in Beverly Hills. I said, well, what about her? And he, could, he didn't, <laughs> you know, he didn't say, he just said, well, I don't know. I don't know. I got to go. <laughs> and he was already married? Yes. So <sighs> who is the movie star? I don't know who that was. He didn't tell me. But the next time I called to tell him that I had the uh, Brownie movie film developed and I had other things to show him, I gave him the shoes the day he came over there. But when I called him to tell him I finally had the film there, uh, his wife answered and she said, well, uh, this is his wife. Can I leave a message? Mm. Oh, shit. And I hung up. I, I couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. I was shocked. What a dirty dog. Oh, boy. I couldn't believe it. I went all through Europe trying to decide, can I marry this man? Can I marry him? And all these men I met along the That's way. That's what I was going to say. You turned down so much oh, dick for I, him. Oh, brother. International gorgeous men everywhere. <laughs> just like, Joan, please. I need you to be mine. And you're like, no, I have Paco. <laughs> Paco has a wife. God damn it. I was going to tease you, though, because sometimes you were like, I don't know. I mean, I do have a fiance, but I'm also kind of bored for four days. So (laughs) (laughs) let's just see about it. I don't know. (laughs) Well, you know, that one scene where the Frenchman crawled in bed with me. Yeah. And I was shocked and I. I jumped out of bed and I said, what are you doing? And he said, oh, I was lonely. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, we can't have this. My Lord, you know, I'm engaged. He said, Joan, <laughs> I don't know about this engagement. He said, you should stay here in Paris with me. I should have maybe. <laughs> right? Oh, so mad. But the thing is, I also thought what was fascinating is you kind of walked this tightrope of making the best of your trip with just adventures and saying yes to these like experiences that came your way. Yes. While also managing to stay safe. I mean, there were so many opportunities for rape. Seriously. That was like you dodge and rape right and left. I was wide open to problems and I was vain. I, I really was innocent. I didn't really realize how dangerous it could be, you know, and I ran into some troubles different times and had to, you know, that one scene where I had to push the bureau and, you know, the dresser in front of the door and I was up all night. I was ready to jump out the window. I opened the window and I was ready to jump out, which was only, you know, about a story up. I could have jumped out, but he didn't get in. He jarred the door, but he didn't get in. What did you learn about your intuition, I guess, traveling that way? Or do you look back on it now and you're like, oh, my God, I was so dangerous. I could have died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. And when you think about driving on 
something that you've never ridden before through the Alps a couple of days after you buy it. I never had ridden a motorcycle before in my life. That thing scared me. <laughs> and it was heavy. It was as heavy as my husband's Harley. And when I dropped it, I couldn't get it up. I had to get help. People had to come and help me get it up even. It, it just was so heavy. You had to balance it with your two feet, you know, on both sides. And when you went around those switchbacks, you know, they're very, very uh, hard to get around on a motorcycle. You're leaning in and I dumped it. Um, Joan, in Mexico City, we rode bicycles through the oh, streets and I <laughs> oh, crashed yeah. my bicycle into a car mirror. <laughs> oh, no, no. And then we had to escape and because apparently that nothing happened. That's what you do is what the guy told us. He was like, no, run away. <laughs> We're like, what? He's like, you're American. No, run away. They're going to take all your money. Right. And once I landed up in my stomach in the middle of uh, Spain somewhere, I don't forget, I think outside of Barcelona or somewhere. And there was one of those cops in the middle and he was standing on a little platform directing traffic. And he directed me to come on out. No, he directed me to stop and I couldn't stop. And I hit sand and I slid out and my my scooter went over one way, one way, and it was going, yeah, 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 and I was over here on my stomach. And he came to my aid, but I was sick for a couple of days after that. I was all bunged up. I can't believe that you then got back on and are like, all right, let me continue my adventure. Oh, yeah. I got right back on because that was my transportation. And that was a cheap way to travel in those days. If you make pleasure a priority in your life, your sexual health should also be top of mind. Knowing your STD status protects you and your partners. And now you can discreetly test at home with EverlyWell. That's right. EverlyWell offers affordable at-home lab tests that give you trusted physician-reviewed results. And you can choose from a bunch of tests, including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, and so much more. But the one we're especially excited for, obviously, since we care about sex, is the SCD test. And the SCD test discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STDs, all from the privacy of your own home. Dude, in my single days, I would have been so, so psyched about the STD test. I actually got the food sensitivity test, but I love this. So here's how it works. Everly Well ships your test straight to your door with everything you need for a super simple sample collection. Then you return the test to a CLIA certified lab with their prepaid shipping label. Then your physician reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just a few days. I just did it. I just got a food sensitivity test and I am awaiting the results and I can't wait for them to come in. It's no wonder over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing. And of course, privates, you know we're here to hook you up. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash private. That's everlywell.com slash private for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash private. So after you, you found out that Paco had a wife, who would have you gone back and like stayed with a little bit longer? Well, you know, that Addie that was in Germany who wanted me to give him some uh, undershorts uh, for his 
<laughs> taking care of my car, you know, my friend's old 1956 Opal, you know, he did the oil changes and fixed whatever it was. And I had to just get him under shorts. And um, what else did he, oh, he wanted ice cream. He wanted some ice cream from the army post exchange. So I got ice cream for him. He, he was really an attractive a good looking man. He really was. Yeah. I love how many times in the book you have ice cream. <laughs> that delighted me. I was like, you know what? I also could always use a little bit of ice cream. And I like the cut of your jib, Joan. Well, <laughs> I tell you. And, you know, every so often I just wanted an American hamburger. Because after you go months and months, and it's the same thing when you don't hear any English language for several months. And then all of a sudden you hear English language across a restaurant. You go over and introduce yourself and you spend an evening with them and have a couple of drinks with them. I mean, that's the way it was in those days. I never had any fear of anything. I would just follow whatever I wanted to do. Every day I had a new itinerary. Every day I was practically in a different place. I loved it. It totally gave me some flashbacks to my own kind of like wild, maybe <laughs> poorly thought out adventures of my Go early ahead. 20s. Yeah. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to have you be able to think about places you've been before. Well, mission accomplished. Joan, I have to say a few, some of the passages... I don't know if it they're intentionally erotic or unintentionally erotic, but <laughs> there would be oh, yeah. a few a few lines in a row where I'd be like, is she writing a porn? And then I'd snap back. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I marked a few of them. Let me see if I can find them. But I was like, hey, this is transcending genre. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think it's the motorbike. I think everything with the motorbike's a little bit sexier than usual, right? Well, maybe that's it. You know what? It's a free and open feeling to ride on a motor scooter and really to be out in the open air and not have any worries, except you have a couple of uh, stock cer certificates in your suitcase that you can cash in if you run out of money. That's all you've got. And a few traveler's checks. And you just keep going on and you, you know, you uh, hope that you have enough money to keep you going. You know what I mean? So I'd cash in a stock certificate every so often. Incredible. I have a question. I mean, you ran out of gas a couple of times. I did. But it was kind of like in a fortunate way where like they helped you push your bike a block to the gas station or exactly. you know someone was around but i mean to me it seems like i would have been too scared to end up somewhere without gas and not being able to like like figure out did you plan your trip at all being like oh okay well i'm going to approximately need to gas up here and i think this place probably will have a gas station or did you just go for it no, I really, I really tried to figure about how many miles I'd get on a gal, you know, on a tank full, because, you know, you're out in the open country. And remember that issue where I had that guy stop me three times in Spain, and he mm -hmm. had a little Fiat, and he kept waving me down, and I would stop and then he would speak in Spanish, and I tried to understand and I you know, and then finally, the third he wanted time, to marry you too. Yeah, hey, <laughs> The third time he stopped me, 
he held up a prophylactic. Oh my God. Something about the Rio going down to the river with him. And I reared up my scooter and gunned it and gassed it around him and scared him. But I didn't see him after that. I just kept going because he was serious. I understood that. I didn't need the English. I could understand it. Yeah, a condom, pretty brazen. Pretty brazen. I have another question. So I love all the meals, obviously, that you had on your journeys. That's really fun to read about. Can you maybe like tell us some of the favorite foods or dishes or drinks that you tried that you loved on that trip? Well, you know, a Cuba Libre. I had never drunk one before. And I never had eaten a a little baby uh, crawfish with its eyes and its little feelers sticking out at me. And I wasn't sure how you eat it. And Paco's sister had a little restaurant and she took me down there and they were cooking various different foods for me. And they laid out these little crawfish. I used them to fish with back in Pennsylvania. And I thought, how do you eat those things? So I watched them and they took that delicate little fork and they took the tail and they scraped the meat out of there. And I thought, oh, brother, I don't know if I could put this in my mouth or not. But I did. (laughs) I watched what they did and I put and you know what? It was good. It was very sweet. It was good. Have you ever eaten one? Yes, I love crawfish. Yeah, they're good. And um, let's see what else. Um, I think that's probably the food that I was a little hesitant about um, of eating. Um, you also ate a bunch of kidney pie. Oh, stuff oh yeah, kidney in pie. England, right. Yeah, in Northern Africa. Yeah, in Northern um, Africa. That's yeah, right. Tangiers. Yeah, I ate kidney pie. It was good. I liked it. Oh, I ate venison, and uh, I can't remember of any other really strange foods. Although the uh, German food, you know. I ate all the different German foods, whatever it was, from sauerbraten to whatever, you know, and then we'd oompa pot, you know, and they did, they pulled a trick on me and told me that in order <laughs> to have a beer, a stein of beer, you had to first have a schnapps. That is so funny. Oh, I yeah. love that prank because <laughs> they got you toasted. And oh, also- my Lord, I was drunk. We're trying to not laugh while they're like, yeah, this is a serious tradition. (laughs) That's right. And then they took their coaster and they would mark a stroke on the coaster underneath your drink, how many drinks you had. And that's what they went by, the honor system. So you would pay. Well, one night everybody left. And guess what? I was stuck with all the coasters with all the strokes (laughs) on them. It cost me about $30, $40 to pay for everybody's drinks. That doesn't seem fair. (laughs) Of course, you have a lot of drinks in those days for that kind of money. I wonder, though, do other places or that place, do they still do that honor system thing, you think? I bet you they don't. No, I bet you they don't. You can't trust people now, I guess. No. And then the other issue is it's different in Europe now. I've been back probably around nine times since then and different times, different parts. And I try to go back to some of the old parts just to see if it's changed any. And it's not the same because uh, you can't replicate it because the borders now, there's the euros. You don't have the change of currency on the borders. You don't have all the border guards and people stopping you and 
rummaging through your suitcases and looking for drugs. And, and I think a lot more people speak English too, you know? Uh, yeah. So it's, it's different. I mean, I'd have to sometimes spend a couple of hours in a Spanish dictionary or an Italian little dictionary to talk to some of these men, to try to convince them that I wasn't going to bed with them. <laughs> That's a lot of work, Joan. Uh, unpaid labor. What the hell? All right, y'all. It's back to school for your sex education because we just got new like a kitten boxes. I love like a kitten time. When that box comes, I am so thrilled to crack it open. There's always so many fun things there. What did you get this time? Oh my God, I got so much stuff. Those sound effects that you heard earlier, those were actually our orgasms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just our clits vibrating. That's what you heard. (laughs) Okay, let me talk you through it, Sophia. I got Think Clean Thoughts toy cleaner because I needed some new toy cleaner. I was getting really dirty, and so I'm very happy to have that. I got some new kitten ears, which I know you'll appreciate. <laughs> She's looking at me literally wearing my cat ear headphones as we record, so yes. Perhaps my favorite thing is called Pleasure Hunter. It's a Pleasure Hunter vibe, anal beads, a rabbit, and a twin tip. So. Talk oh, about shit. a jack-off fest. Let me tell you. Oh, shit. That looks really good. I think I'm going to have to get that next time. But so if you're a renowned Sagittarius. <laughs> yes, here's the thing. I normally am completely ambivalent about astrology unless things in my life are falling apart. And then I immediately go to it because I am insane. And then you're so, like, this is totally real. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this will work. This one will work. <laughs> Um, So yeah, anyway, because of, you know, the world falling apart, I have been anxious. So immediately I was like, a Sagittarius box? Yes. So I ordered that. It comes with a really cool like lapis lazuli little like necklace. And it's got like a a ginger spiced clip balm that I'm excited to use with like the little finger vibe that also comes with that is hella powerful. So yeah, all of that looks great. I also got a bath bomb. I got a book about goddesses that I'm very excited to learn about. And I got a little cute black um, satin robe with a kitten embroidery on it. I got a robe too, I love it. Oh, did you got a black one too? Or did you get another color? I got a black one, but I got the fuzzy one. Yeah, I got the like silky one and it's, it's really cute. And what else did I get? Oh, and I got some really good lube. Ooh. So if you want to go back to school for your self-love and your own sexuality, which I encourage you to do. Or you want to pamper someone in your life. Hell yeah. Well, you are in luck because right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash private or enter code private at checkout. Yeah, seriously, that's incredible. 20% off and free shipping, you guys. You have to go to likeakitten.com slash private. Meow. And let us know what you get. Oh, I also got these very hot bracelets that are actually handcuffs. Ooh. They're so sexy. They're like gold and whatever. Anyway, get this box for real. I'm into it. Well, okay, so place-wise, ranking the places that you visited, what were like your top favorites? And then were there any that you were like, eh, I could skip that? I would say probably my favorite was Paris. 
because mm. I saw Paris like most people wouldn't see it because of Serge who lived there and showed me everything about Paris. He loved Paris and I, and now I always go back to Paris because I love Paris. Paris is incredible. It's my favorite yeah. too. Yeah, I love it. And I would say uh, probably the next place that I liked the most was probably southern Spain around Malaga, around that area, because the beaches were very much like a Manhattan beach or, you know, uh -huh. and I spent a couple of days there because I liked it so much. It reminded me of California, beautiful beaches. And uh, you don't even realize that you're in Spain unless you talk to somebody or you see a horse going down uh, around the the band somewhere, you know. Was everywhere awesome or was there anywhere that you were like, oh, I don't need to see that? Probably uh, Southern France around Lyon, somewhere around there. Uh, that kind of reminded me of the Pennsylvania woods. Um, you know, I could have skipped that part. I mean, unless you go up near the castles or something like that, I probably could have skipped that and maybe parts, a few parts of Denmark I could have skipped, you know. But Berlin, now Berlin, that was an exciting city. Ooh, we're days. excited to go. Yeah. It was very exciting. I mean, uh, that nightclub that we went to where they had the white phones on your table and and then a man would call you from another table and, and your, all your tables were numbered and then they would say, may I come down? And they would look around trying to figure out which table these guys were in that were calling you and then they'd bring a rose down so you could dance with them i love That's that exciting really fun and there was also another lights thing with the dancing that was oh yeah the little lantern that we wore down in our bras and then the little green lantern showed and that was in rudesheim germany and i'm going back to rudesheim i i was supposed to go back this year but then because of covid i couldn't so i've i've uh rescheduled it for next April to go back to Rudesheim and Rudesheim being a wine town, you know, you get down in these wine cellars and um, you wore the little lantern if you were available. And I wore a green one. You wore a green one if you're available and you wore a red one if you weren't available. And these men would all ask you to dance. Of course, it was interesting because I still had to keep my distance. You know, I couldn't really be totally free because of Paco. Uh -huh. Paco was always on my mind. Oh, I can't be too loose or whatever you want to say, uh, you know, too comfortable here. So give us the fast forward on this. What happened afterwards? It sounds like you've been back to Europe a bunch. Was there anyone from your trip that you stayed in touch with? And then what happened romantically? Did you ever wind up getting married? Yeah. Do you have a partner now? What's the sitch? All right. Well, uh, when I came back, yes, I heard from Addie and I heard from the Portuguese fella. Uh, he wrote and he wanted me to hopefully he was hoping he would get a visa into Canada and then be able to come down to America. But he was a baker and he was considered uh, in a trade that they wouldn't release him and give him a visa so he could never leave the country. He, he uh -huh. really very much was fond of me you know he really wanted to come so I got letters from him I got letters from Addie 
And let's see, was there anybody? Oh, and Serge. I got letters from Serge in Paris. And um, I think those were the three. And then after I was back, after Paco, I was crushed for a couple months and I, I was dragging around. And my aunt said, you know, Joan, you, you really need to join the army. The army needs you. It'd be good for you to get in the army. I said, are you crazy? She said, no, I think you should join the army. So I joined the army. Okay, left turn, Joan. Left turn and also talk about, I mean, this was super brave, but that is next level brave. I oh, mean, brother. Whoa. Oh, when I got in there. Oh, I was so disillusioned. I thought, what have I done? <laughs> well, I went in there and um, of course I spent over three years in the military and then I got out and I met my husband and I married a very nice guy from Michigan who, by the way, rode a Harley. Hey. Yeah. And then he bought me a 500 uh, Honda so I could ride behind him because I was not comfortable sitting behind Jerry on his big Harley and him controlling the driving. I couldn't take it. So he said, all right, then you're making me nervous. You're not riding with me. You're not leaning with me. I said, I can't. So he bought me a Honda 500 and I, I would follow him behind. That's I awesome. Love that. <laughs> we had a good marriage. And of course, uh, unfortunately, he passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but we were married about uh, 12 years. And of course, he heard all the stories about York, but I never went into about meeting all these men and all that. He didn't know the whole story. <laughs> and of course, he had already passed away by the time you know, that I really talked a lot about this book and started writing books. And, and uh, I wrote a couple of children's books. And then I wrote um, a memoir about my brother. And then I wrote A Marked Woman, which uh, was a story of my mother's life. And then finally, this little book that was a kick to write. Oh, it's so fun to read. What advice would you give to women who are considering maybe traveling solo and have, have not had that experience? You know what? I would say be very skeptical. I, I'm not certain that it would really be safe today. I know I could not go to Europe and do the same thing I did before. There's no way you could do that anymore. I don't feel that you'd be that safe. Now you might be safe out in the country somewhere in Spain or Germany, maybe, but I think you better go with somebody. I think it's too dangerous today. Fair enough. Yeah. We go with each other and yeah. sometimes we get each other out of some binds. That's so. it. That's it. You need to have somebody around because it's dangerous. Hey, just because you're grown up doesn't mean you've outgrown bedtime stories. Whether you want a story to turn you on or wind you down for better sleep, Dipsy helps you get in touch with yourself for some extra sweet dreams. Mmm, I love that ghost dick. <laughs> Dipsy is an audio app full of short, sexy stories designed to turn you on. Each Dipsy story features characters that feel like real people and immersive scenarios, so you feel like you're right there. Find stories about an off-limits hookup with your professor. Meow. 
or a costume party that takes things to the next level. Or maybe a story where your partner tells you exactly what to do or you try a new toy together. Yes, 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 yes. All that sounds amazing. And they release new stories every week, so there's always more to explore. No matter who you're into or what turns you on, there is something for everyone. Yeah, and it's really nice to keep finding new favorites. Plus, Dipsy also has wellness sessions that help you learn more about yourself and bedtime stories and soundscapes to help you relax before you drift off. And for listeners of the show, Dipsy is offering a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash private. That's a 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash private. That's dipsystories.com slash private. Can we just do a little lightning round at the end to wrap things up? Okay. So scariest moment on the trip, Joan, what would you say? Uh, the serious moment was probably when I realized it was time to go home. And I really knew then that my true love was Paco and I was going to return and marry him after five months of decision. That was the serious moment? I would say yes. Yes. Okay. Scariest. The scariest moment I would say was probably the night in, in Spain where the man tried to break in my room. Yeah. I, I would say that, that really frightened me. Fair enough. I couldn't believe you somehow went back to bed. <laughs> I was like, whoa, <laughs> wait, she fell asleep now. <laughs> no, I sat in there. I sat upright waiting for him to break in and I was going out the window. <laughs> okay. Sexiest moment. Uh, sexiest moment, I think, is probably one night when they gave me the schnapps and all the beers and I was so drunk and somebody started kissing me under the table and uh, <laughs> it, it got a little heavy, a little heavy, a little heated, and I had to get out of there. Hey. Oh my God, Joan, I love it. What Paco doesn't know doesn't hurt him, oh okay? Boy. Oh boy. <laughs> I wonder where Paco is today. I wonder if he's even still living. I'm not so sure. Yeah, that'd be curious to look up some of these people. I did look it up, but I couldn't find anything current on him. And he would have obviously returned to Barcelona. I'm sure he would have to his family, but I couldn't find anything on him. He was a professional soccer player, of course, in Spain and uh, Brazil. Look at you. Okay. Most awe-inspiring moment. What did you see that like blew your mind? I would say probably in Berlin, uh, trying to get into Berlin and driving my car, my friend's old 1956 Opal over mirrors and the Russian guard with a machine gun over his shoulder made me open the trunk. And I was really worried because we had all those cartons of cigarettes under the floorboards and, and we had a bunch of quarts of oil under there. And if they would have found them, I don't know what they would have done because they were stern. They were very stern. Uh, they were scary, really scary. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I just have one more question. Soph, do you have anything else? 
I was really into the lightning round. I was like, okay, keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I think so. Sophie and I are both writers as well. And I just wanted, I wanted to ask a little bit about the process of putting this together. Cause it sounds like you had a diary of the trip, right? You had some pictures uh, less than you wanted, but you still had some pictures to work with and some receipts. How well did you remember everything else and how did you put it all together? Well, you know what? I'm a storyteller, probably very much like both of you. And uh, I've been telling these same stories to people for years, my relatives, my friends. I said, Lord, why don't you write a book about it? I mean, they laugh. Did you do that? I said, yes. (laughs) I mean, they just can't believe it. And so I, I think that's the issue is that I'm full of stories. And I don't know if I'm going to write another book or not, but I don't know what I'm going to write about because this this was quite a story. Hard to beat. Yeah, you did a wonderful job with this. So all of our listeners should definitely get yourself a copy of My Heart's Journey. Joan, where can they get this? You can get this at Amazon or any bookstore. And uh, now we're in a process. We're probably going to make an audio of it as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. If you want to look up Joan, her name is J-O-A-N, last name F-O-O-R. That's correct. And I just wanted to add that I really love the little tiny details of how to wash your clothes on the road <laughs> yes. and like going to a place to get your hair pressed and set because like right. that's a thing we don't do anymore. And like traveling and like realizing that you're trying to do that stuff and like you know, you have like linen blouses, you're like trying to iron and wash. I'm like, Jesus, that's amazing. Like, I have athleisure now, like, you know, I have yoga (laughs) pants, you didn't have that. So I love those. You know what? And I had several purses with me. I had spike high heels, I had purses to match shoes. And no wonder the guy in Paris thought I was a streetwalker, because I had (laughs) I had a bright orange suit on, uh, that my tailor made plus high heels. And no wonder he thought at seven o'clock in the morning, who's walking along the Seine River in a tight orange silk lined suit? I don't know. You know, we don't dress up like that anymore. Joe's yeah. like, it's fashion. Ever heard of it? Oh, boy. <laughs> It was fun. Oh my God. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. Writing it and telling us all about it. And like I said, our listeners should definitely grab a copy. So thank you. Thank you. It was nice meeting both of you. And it's been fun talking with you. For us too. It was a pleasure. And good luck in your writing. Thank you. You too. Thank you. I am in love with Joan so much. Y'all better go. Normally, I would never tell you to go to Amazon, but there aren't a ton of options. So you can buy this on Amazon if you need to. It's called My Heart's Journey, Chasing Love Through Europe on a Motor Scooter, a memoir by Joan Four. I love her. I want to time one of our trips with one of her trips where we like meet up with her in a country that she's been to in this book. That would be so fun, right? Amazing. Also, can I just read a little passage where I was like, you know, occasionally it sounds like a porno. Oh, yes, please do. Okay, well, here's just one. Well, first, 
in the previous paragraph, she does some gangster shit and she uses her nail file to secure the plate to the rear fender. So I'm already turned on, right? And then <laughs> the next paragraph picks up. <laughs> I parked my scooter on the dirt strip along the street in front of Jan's apartment. When Jan came home, I grabbed her arm. Come on. I want you to see my new mode of transportation. Take me for a ride, she said. I quickly responded, no, I don't feel that comfortable yet. <laughs> oh, my God, Courtney. This is in your head. You are trying to experiment with hey. your sexuality, and you don't know about no, it yet. No, Joan and I are both trying to experiment with our sexuality, and then Jerry, her friend, came by, okay? And then without hesitation, he jumps on the seat. And he puts both feet on the ground and he pulls it back from the stand and he says, give me the key, Joan. Joan, hop on and let's take it for a spin. (laughs) I'm just saying she's right. Here's the deal. The motor scooter makes everything a little bit hornier. Uh, You're the one who said that. (laughs) So, yes, you are right. (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure that was Joan and I will give her credit. That was correct. (laughs) She definitely didn't say that. You're like, I love it how how Joan's whole theme and, you know, the most powerful quote from her book was, you know, wet ass pussy. It's like, wait, that's not <laughs> Joan's book. <laughs> she wasn't talking about that. <laughs> oh, my God. All the lyrics to wet ass pussy are in this book. So <laughs> I don't think that's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> No, but you can definitely tell the changing tides of like what's acceptable through this book because as Sophia said at the beginning, she is a rape dodger like none other, but it was just way more acceptable for dudes to just like grab a lady (laughs) or like knock on her door. I mean, I'm not saying this wouldn't happen today. But to, like, knock on someone's door repeatedly throughout a night and no one say anything, I feel like slightly more likely for that to happen in 1964. But she got touched and she was dodging dudes all over. But also guy being like, hey, come, I'm going to show you something. And, like, he just wants to make out with you by the river and it's, like, six in the morning. (laughs) I know. Listen, she had some really good experiences by being like, sure, sir. And then she also had some bad experiences by doing that, which... Hey, haven't we all? Yep. All right, private. So stay tuned. Belize it or not, Belize is coming up for you. I don't believe it. Believe it, Sophia. I am one of us. (laughs) Here, let me give you something to believe in in the meantime, and that is my social media account. (laughs) Please. (laughs) It is Courtney Kosak, at Courtney Kosak, C-O-U-R-T-N-E-Y-K-O-C-A-K. You know, I love that place. (laughs) Where where are you on social media? I love that place. (laughs) You can find me, The Sophia, S-O-F-I-Y-A, on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, I don't love either of those places, but. It's the cross we are all supposed to bear. (laughs) Yeah, I was kind of kidding. Fuck that place. I actually would like it more if there were more privates that I was interacting with on social media. So that's all we're trying to say here. Holler at us. Holler at your girls. Also, holler at the show, which our show social media actually stays pretty poppin'. So that is at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and Facebook. And at Private Parts Un 
on Twitter because those bitches are stingy with the characters. So hit us up. It's true. And you can go to privatepartsunknown.com if you want to subscribe to our FIRE newsletter where you get sex tips and travel tips and just other dope info. Yeah, we really have put a lot of effort into our newsletter lately. So come read the wonderful rewards. We are trying to keep it very interesting in your inbox. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb ass music? This music is by our friend Amy Rosh. You can find her on Spotify. Her last name spelled R-A-A-S-C-H. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. Hi, it's Michael. Love you. We are so proud of you. Mm-hmm. We got you a costume for Halloween. The costume is of a good boy. But surprise, you don't need it because you're a good boy. <laughs> this is like everything I hate Happy about Catholicism Halloween. in one sign off. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? <laughs> I don't know, man. That was frightening. Just trying to keep it fly. Okay, so we love Mike, and we would love for you to give us a rating and review because what time is it? Bow, 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 bow. It's time for the review of the week. I am actually not going to read you a rating and review. One, because we don't have a new one. So get your asses on it. We just introduced you to one of the most wonderful 80-something-year-old women on the fucking planet. The least you could do is leave us a review. Yeah, you just got a cool-ass new grandma. You owe us. You owe us big time. But I do want to shout out to Maddie, one of our listeners, who sent us a couple of the sweetest emails I have gotten in a really long time. And... You guys might not think it means anything, but it means a whole lot. I'm also going to reply to Maddie and ask her for a review, but (laughs) I love the emails. And I just want to read a little, can I read a little piece of it? Yes, I would love that. That makes me feel so good. I haven't even read these. Okay, so first of all, she hit me up asking about Jessica Singleton's silent meditation thing where she did that, which I'm going to find out. And then she said that she's 17. She graduated high school early. She's going to college. She has a full-time job and her boyfriend's like older and she listens to us just kind of whatever. And she loves us because we're girl bosses and whatever. Really cute, right? Oh my God, what a baby who's out there killing the game. Right? And then last week she sent me an email and she said, it's completed. Hi, Courtney. I just went into Spotify like I've been doing every morning the last couple months to listen to you and Sophia. But I've listened to all of the episodes. You two ladies are hilarious and informative and never fail to make me think about an episode hours after I've listened to it. This podcast has been absolutely incredible as I am preparing to start my life as an adult in the real world and figure out who I am and the person that I want to become. All your guests have been so nice and educated and amiable. And I just really, really, really love you more than you guys know. Oh my God, so sweet. And I just have to say, I think that's such a sweet way to wrap up the Joan 4 episode. You know, it's a little bookend. It's dope women of different ages. Right. And we're the little bridge. And honestly, I could cry right now. (laughs) I know, we're passing the baton. (laughs) (laughs) anyway thank you so much maddie that means so much and everyone else get on it come on send us a 
I will take an email, but also go on over to ratethispodcast.com slash private. Rate and review us on any and all of the platforms on there. And we will freaking love it and we'll probably read it on the air. So just do it. Please. Please. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> ratethispodcast.com slash private. All right, you guys. We'll check you next time. Bye.